0: And Welcome to Ladies Who London Podcast. I'm Emily Dell.
1: And I'm Alex Lacey and we're Qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information,
0: a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London Podcast
1: and on our websites, uh, ladieswholondon.com. And alexlacey.com for more information about us and what the podcast is all about. No sign on your website yet, Em? Uh, (laughs) no it's
0: in the process I mean I keep talking about this all the time don't I but it is in the process Um, I just I just haven't had time to do it but
1: (laughs) it's just genuinely not enough hours in the day
0: it's just not enough hours in the day like I know what I want to do it's coming it is coming (laughs) well anyway
1: happy new year listeners happy new year listeners 2023 Sounds futuristic, doesn't it? It really does. Can't keep up. They keep changing the date, the the number of the year. I can't, just can't keep keep up.
0: Yeah, crazy. How was you have, have a lovely vote? time? Oh, oh hello. <laughs>
1: Go on you can answer first.
0: Um, I did. Yeah, it was nice. It was um, it was hectic. Mm. You know when you're just kind of going to a to b and c and you know you're kind of especially like with a little one it's yeah it was it was it was quite a busy busy christmas um
1: but very nice how was yours good. mine was was low key it was nice um mm. i mean i've been i've been ill from the 27th you or 28th have. up until uh well quite, kind of yesterday i'm still a little bit fragile Um, uh, so it wasn't the most exciting of new years but um i got some good sleep in and uh yeah um with with through it now and uh, on into the new year but yeah i'm still feeling a little bit delicate um from having spent best five days in bed uh over the new year Gosh, but hey, mind. darling but what, hey what hopefully
0: <laughs> hopefully you're through the worst of
1: it yes yeah i'm definitely on the men now which is good which is good yeah yeah so listeners i hope you had a lovely christmas uh, break um or whatever else you, you might celebrate and a new year and uh, any any resolutions this year em resolutions um <laughs> do I ever give myself resolutions um I think they're a ridiculous thing to be honest I don't know why I asked because I, I kind of think you set yourself up for failure really don't you with with resolutions but I have bit, resolved yes. this year to, to read more that is pretty much my only thing oh that's a good resolution yeah um, read enough
0: true actually yeah um do I have any? Oh, do you know what? I think I might actually take up boxing. <laughs> Not that I'm going to have what? any. Yeah, so my friend recently did um, uh, got involved in boxing and did a mo- boxing match. And um, I just think it would just be such a great way to kind of relieve any tension. And I used to have a pair of boxing gloves. Oh so <laughs> So I feel
1: like I need to get my groove back on. Oh, my goodness. You look a <laughs> bit tasty, Em. start fights down uh, down lewisham uh... sam weatherspoons yeah (laughs) (laughs) that'll be my boxing ring (laughs) my goodness yeah okay well that's an intriguing choice yeah and and how is that going to fit into your life
0: i have no idea Mm. i have no idea because my my life is getting pretty busy it is it is Um, and
1: on that note we do have some quite important news don't we um we do and i have to say
0: when i when i started saying you know our little spiel oh yeah it's it's time for me to leave the podcast guys it is it is
1: is. so emmy broke the news to me the other day and nothing untoward but there's more things happening in your life this year isn't there em Yes, so I've got another bun in the oven. (laughs) That was me thinking you'd just overeaten at Christmas. (laughs) No,
0: no, and yes, so I couldn't drink this year. Not that (laughs) that
1: was a problem.
0: Um, But yeah, like, I mean, as you, as our listeners know, Um, I do have a little one already. She's coming on to two, and she's now, you know, getting into absolutely everything. So the idea of having another one and trying to wrestle with a bit of time to do the podcast, I don't want to let you down, Alex. I don't want to let the listeners down. So I think it's time.
1: Well, I'm very sad about that. But I'm super sad. sad. (laughs) So the situation as it stands at the moment, listeners, is that M's going to stick with us until the end of January. Um, and at the minute, I'm just having a little gentle think about what to do. I really want to continue with the podcast. Uh, I really enjoy doing it. Um, so I'm having a little think about how that's going to look um, and whether we get another um, co-host to come and carry on um, hosting with me whether i host it on my own um we might be looking at having a bit of a change of name because if it is just me the name doesn't really make sense ladies who london and it's just me. Um, so if you have any bright ideas, please drop us a line. We'd uh, we'd love to know. We are still Emily's still gonna be here for a couple of weeks, so we're gonna <laughs> yeah. keep going. Don't get um, rid of me yet.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna keep going um, as as we always have um, until the end of January, and then there are gonna be changes. And and I'm really hoping you stick you stick with me for that. You might of course say will of course say yeah, will. Know, it'll be different. It'll be a different podcast without you. So um, it might not be. Um, people might be so sick of me and be like the only reason I stuck around was for Emily. Um uh, you said this, Alex, and I've said that is absolutely ridiculous. So you yeah, know we, just, you'll we just, gain we just, more listeners, well. Obviously I've oh, rubbish. Which is obviously fine um if you if you don't stick around with us, but you know, I'd really I'd really love you too. And essentially from my perspective, not too much is going to change in terms of the content, I don't think. Um but I need to have a little bit of a think about where we're we gonna go. Mm-hmm. So um answers on a postcard. <laughs> yeah, write them in, let us know. Yeah, um, let's <laughs> what, know what should Alex do? And we'll probably have to have a send off episode for Emily as well, which will be the last one, we'll have to do, oh, do something. Oh, that would be emotional. <laughs> um yeah, so that's our kind of that's our updated news at the moment. Yeah. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah, so here we go. So quite okay. a biggie really, isn't it? You know, to we've we've been doing this for such a long time now. Yeah. So to think that
2: Oh, she's
0: I don't got sick know. of me finally. <laughs> no, I'm not actually pregnant at all. No. Um, <laughs> wow. No, it's you know it's it's different circumstances, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. Maybe when when he goes into nursery.
1: Yeah, you want to come back, do you? Oh, I see, I see.
0: <laughs> Keep my seat semi warm, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, No, absolutely not. No, you... <laughs> once you're out, you're that's out. That's it. Dead to me, man. Dead to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're we're just gonna have a little a little gentle thing. Um, but you know, write in. Let us know. I mean, will you kind of will that for you guys? Will that be a, a sort of ending point? Will you kind of like?
0: Oh no, God! They're to gonna on? be you know
1: firing the cannons off. Do you have any bright ideas? Um, about anything the direction we should take the podcast in any good names um for a, a slightly mm. retooled kind of brand podcast um let me know what you think um drop, drop us an email and um yeah we'll have a little chat in the next in the next couple of weeks about that but in the meantime let's do what we do best which is yeah. our usual podcast and very sweetly because this week is i'm surrounded by boxes because i'm currently um, well about to move from Putney to Essex because my house still isn't finished. <laughs> moving again, everybody. So <laughs> I'm off out into the wilds of Essex for a couple of months. Um, so I've got so much on this week that Emily very kindly agreed to uh, to take the first one this year. So um, what are we chatting about this weekend?
0: So um, you might remember that the wheel, it landed in Bermondsey. Mm-hmm. So uh, lovely Simon actually spanned the wheel, didn't he, after... Did. Um, joining us on our Christmas podcast yep. um so it landed in Bermondsey so I decided to talk about somebody who uh, helped so many people and places during
1: her life I'm talking about Octavia Hill yeah really interesting lady mm. um so take it away why why have we gone to Bermondsey for this what's what's the link how uh yeah tell us all about her so
0: I'll, I'll come to the link in a little bit there's a couple of links actually around kind of Bermondsey the Southwark area um, but it all kind of starts in Cambridgeshire for Octavia famously not London not London but we're <laughs> heading to London in a couple of years so she was born on the 3rd of December 1838 and she was one of nine children so there was a lot going on in the household. And her parents were both keen social reformers. They wanted to help people. They wanted to help the poor. And actually they created in the town of Wisbeck in Cambridgeshire, where they were brought up, an infant school, which was a little bit like the kind of poor schools that you were talking about a couple mm. of episodes ago. Yeah. Um, and the school was known as the Hall for the People. They would use it for lectures, they would have people coming in to teach children how to dance, there was all sorts of kind of societies and meetings that were held there, and it is something that actually still exists today, it's called Wisbech Infant School and still going strong, which is great. Um, they were quite well off for a while, even though, you know, there must have been, what's that, 9, 10, 11, yeah, do the maths, um, 11 people in the household, um, but Uh, you know, they they were okay. They they lived quite well. They had enough food. It was a good house. But then her father got into a little bit of murky water, shall we say, and was declared bankrupt on a couple of occasions. And he fell into depression. He basically uh, kind of turned his back on his wife, on his children. So at that point, Um, Octavia's mother is like, right, okay, I need to to look after the household, you know, looking after nine children by herself. So she decides to move out of Cambridgeshire, heads to London to Finchley, which is in North London. And she's thinking, you know, there's no way that I can work and feed them all. So I must encourage them to also get a job. So she does. Obviously not the very young ones, but Octavia, for instance, when she was 14, she got her first job. Mm and she was working um in a ladies guild which was actually managed and run by her mother so that must have been quite nice to work somewhere you know close with your mum what's
1: a ladies guild when it's at home so a ladies
0: guild is kind of like it's well known as a a christian socialist cooperative as they call this particular ladies guild so they would teach young women about uh, religion They would teach them how to get a job within the area, how to apply for work. So essentially it was kind of, um, uh, I guess kind of like a learning zone for young children. So this is where she sees poverty firsthand. You know she's got lots of young girls that are coming into the guild, and they're telling Octavia their story, um, their struggles, why they need help, um, what's going on with their upbringing. So this is where she suddenly has this kind of, I don't know, profound effect, if you like, where she starts to want to to help as many people as possible, mm-hmm. and she was influenced. By quite a few people, one of which was a writer who wrote about the poor and slum life in London. And this was Henry Mayhew, who I think we have mentioned before. Yeah. Now, where would we, have, it was ringing a bell. Or well, he was a playwright and he was also involved in the magazine Punch, which we've definitely talked mm. about on a couple of occasions.
1: Maybe, maybe it's in relation to that then. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he was a little bit like, um, Charles Dickens I guess but instead of uh, writing um, you know kind of uh, novels of of people that are kind of characters he um, really kind of wrote about the hard things that he genuinely saw you know it was very out there. Um, Another person that she was influenced by was John Ruskin Mm -hmm. and he was an artist a social thinker he actually trained her to paint and copy well-known pieces of art. Oh,
2: wow.
0: Yeah, she was a fantastic artist. She didn't do it so much as she kind of went past her 30s, but certainly in her early 20s when she was a, you know, around John Ruskin a lot, she worked on her art um, and they got very close to the point that she was able to convince him to give her money to purchase a load of buildings in the area of Hackney. And the area was called Paradise Place, which, um, you know, paradise it was not. This was a notorious <laughs> London slum. You know, it was kind of like, really? Are you going to call it Paradise Place? Because it was not a place where you wanted to be at all. That's yes, for the job you want, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so Octavia, she knew that if she purchased this row of houses, which were pretty derelict and, you know, the government wasn't doing anything about them, they they weren't lived in because they were just horrific. She thought she could do them up, get some tenants in there, um, then she'd be able to kind of teach people how to be good tenants if you like Mm. so she started to buy neglected and decaying properties she transformed them and she strongly believed you don't need arms you don't need charity what you need is self-reliance so she was pretty firm but quite fair and basically became a huge landlord and there's a good one i hope a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, I mean, there's a few things that she does do down the line and a few things that she says, which are quite controversial, especially today, but at the time, you know, this, this idea, which was basically to be a good tenant for yourself, for the people around you, your neighbors um, will put you in a good steed. So it's all about kind of the, the way that you live essentially mm. And her biographer, a man called Peter Clayton, who wrote about her life, you know, after she passed away, he wrote, she became the friendly face of landlordism. Her methods were firm, but compassionate. She patiently fostered a reciprocal respect between landlord and tenant. And the main thing is that she worked in very poor communities. You know, she was um, uh, seeing people that were trapped in poverty for various reasons ill health lack of opportunity and she realized that having a home that was clean light airy is going to make all the difference Mm. so she thought if I can put the money into creating places where people will really want to live and really respect and keep you know keep a good connection with the landlord yeah um then it will help and so, that thing
1: of you know being able to kind of respect where you're living so you want to keep it nice and and look after it and all that sort of thing as well i guess exactly
0: yeah i guess it it teaches you to have respect for yourself your own surroundings and then i guess that kind of um that goes on to other aspects of your life yeah. um in 1874 so this is just a few years down the line octavia had over 3000 tenancies around london wow Can you imagine like at this massive belt with all of these keys and just being like (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea who owes me money? (laughs) But she did. (laughs) She probably (laughs) did. She did. She was very good at finance. She was very good when it came to kind of um looking after her stock, as it were. Mm. And it wasn't too long after that she started to see a bit of a return, about five percent, you know, coming back into her own pocket. So, and of course with octavia she put a lot of that whatever she earned kind of back into helping people into Mm. the housing industry um and uh, people started to realize what she was doing in terms of kind of managing a a cluster of properties Mm. you know so lots of people started to to do the same thing and she used house could live and rent but there would be uh music lessons it would be like a hub of creativity there no. would be performances by gilbert and sullivan they so pop up a lot don't they oh, they,
2: they were at do. the um uh
1: the royal Aqu- uh, yeah the royal aquarium as well a while ago oh yes they were which the reasons back, that's back on my head is because i was talking about it on the radio recently but so yeah it's they, they pop up all over the shop those two
0: yeah 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 they're all over the place um now, they created a society, and I need you to help me with this um, because I know you're so good with words. Is it words? <laughs> it is words. <laughs> so I have no idea how you pronounce this. Okay. So I'm going to spell it for you. K y r l e. K r y l e. K Sorry. K-Y-R-L-E. K-Y. K-Y-R-L-E. Cr-
1: her curly, curly,
0: curly curly okay so it's it's the last name basically it's a a society and the last name is from a gentleman I can't remember his first name now oh, <laughs> um, <goodness. but laughs> he was a philanthropist. So basically um, Octavia Hill and her sister Miranda they created the society in 1877 which is this career society whatever and this was the aim of bringing beauty, nature, art and music to everybody. So, uh, I mean, she must have been a very creative person and probably coming up with lots of ideas to entertain people and be entertaining, but also you're going to go away learning something. You're going to go away either for a passion for something that you want to personally do, or you're going to learn something whilst you're here. But it's kind of dressed up as it's just a bit of fun. But really, there is this essence of taking something back as well. Um, and there was this slogan to the society, which I love, which is Bring Beauty Home to the Poor.
1: Oh, that's really nice. It's really it, lovely. It reminds it? me a bit of in, oh, what's it, called? in Moulin Rouge, the truth, beauty, hope, and love, or whatever they're, there. <laughs> yes. what they're kind of, bring in Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, their, their sort of motto that they had.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How oh, lovely. And they had various branches around the country, one of which was supported by William Morris, who, you know, founder of the Arts and Crafts Movement. So a lot of people that are creative in all sorts of different ways are getting involved. Mm. So, you know, I don't know if he did, but I kind of imagine if he was a supporter that maybe he kind of went to a couple of these society talks and showed people what he was personally doing with, with his artwork and with his designs. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Yeah. Now, do you remember? I'm going to uh, say a name here. Almost certainly
1: not. But carry on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Henrietta Barnett or Samuel Barnett? Is that yes, Yes.
1: Samuel Barnett? Now, hang on, Samuel Barnett. Dive into the brain. This is a while ago. Okay, here we go. You mentioned Um, these people. Now, I've got Samuel Barnett in my head as something to do with Highgate Cemetery and a like animals. Am I completely off-piste? Oh, I mean,
0: possibly. I think you're getting confused with that circus guy that we spoke about, the lion. Yeah, maybe. But I, you know, okay, put me out my misery. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm Tornby Hall. Tornby Hall? Oh,
1: yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, the first university settlement, if you like. So, um... Uh, this was basically inspired by the movement of octavia hill so this idea of the settlement movement which you told us about uh, quite a while ago now and the founding yeah i'm pretty sure you about tornby hall weren't you i don't think so oh
1: i'm pretty sure you were oh no Mm, uh, it definitely wasn't an entire topic on its own oh have you gone mad oh maybe (laughs) it might have popped up as as part of something but I don't I feel like I feel like I'd remember that this is so weird but when I first started volunteering at a homeless charity quite a few years ago now our very first um sort of meeting that or training I should say was at Toynbee Hall so I always remember Toynbee Hall just for that for um, that. And I, oh, I feel like I would have remembered if I'd mentioned if it you'd in done a... a podcast yeah oh weird maybe when I think of kind of
0: like settlement movements in general or kind of you just think of me people you know <laughs> wanting to help others I just think of you yeah <laughs> obviously <laughs> so yeah basically uh, Samuel and Hen- Henrietta Barnett they founded this hall, which still very much exists today, and it's it's not too far from Whitechapel, is it? Mm, yeah, mm, just around the corner yeah. from
1: Aldwych. Yeah,
0: uh, Aldwych East. Yeah, so this was kind of like a settlement that was created to to help people to educate people, which is why it's known as the first university settlement. Um, which actually today is called the Blackfriars Settlements, and it continues to serve local communities. And they were inspired by the work that Octavia Hill was doing, right. And she I prob- she, she probably wasn't as much of a celebrity as um, Charles Dickens. You know, the other day Simon was telling us about the fact that he would kind of, you know, walk into a room and people would, would be so excited to see yeah. him. Octavia Hill, people certainly knew her, you know. Um, she was a very interesting woman. And I've got a description um, of her by Henrietta Barnett. And she wrote, she was small in stature, with a long body and short legs. She did not dress. She only wore clothes, which were often unnecessarily unbecoming. Oh, I know. Are you her friend, (laughs) She had soft and abundant hair and regular features, but the beauty of her face lay in brown and very luminous eyes, which were quite uh, unconsciously, uh, she lifted upwards as she spoke on any matter for which she cared. I love this. Her mouth was large and mobile. <laughs> something happened between you two, Henrietta, um, but not improved by laughter. Oh, ouch. <laughs>
1: this is really quite, quite <laughs> this awful. It.
0: Indeed, Miss Octavia was nicest when she was made passionate by her earnestness.
1: Which is quite lovely, I suppose, but they're basically saying, yeah, she's slightly irredeemably ugly, but, you know, she's quite nice. Well, what she's
0: saying, you know, is, you know, she's saying, well, um, what Octavia does and says is more important than what Octavia looks like, which I is guess. exactly
1: how it should be. Yes. Exactly.
0: Yes, exactly. Now, she moved to Marleybone and it's there where she built a, a clubhouse, which she used to kind of host activities. You had children there, women, older people. And this is our link to Bermondsey because she also uh, created one in the area of Bermondsey very close to Borough High Street and today you can see some of the buildings which she occupied during her lifetime and there's a group of six cottages late Victorian really beautiful huge tall windows and it's right next to a garden called Red Cross Garden mm, it's and really beautiful yeah and have you seen the mosaic yes I have It's gorgeous. So there's this kind of blue round mosaic and it shows this woman who is sowing seeds from a basket or a kind of a wicker hamper. Um, The illustrator for this was a man called Walter Crane and it's really sweet. There are two little birds flying and there are words that say the sower went forth to sow. Um there is a grapevine vine as well. So it's really lovely kind of showing this this lady who is sowing seeds and helping people and you know, you've got this uh the idea of uh vine and fruit and yeah, abundant and, and things lovely. like that. Yeah. So cute. Yeah, really nice. Um in Southwark, so not too far away from Bermondsey, I guess, or at least, you know, Bermondsey is in the borough of Southwark, so I guess I could have that. Um, She (laughs) created a cadet battalion. So this is in 1889. It was London's first independent cadet battalion. And I've got a bit of a quote from her, and it says, There is no organisation which I have found that influences the boys so powerfully for good as that of our cadets. And if such ideals can be brought before the young lad before he gets in with a gang of loafers, it may well make the difference to his life. I love loafers. Loafers. The gang of loafers. I wonder what the gang of loafers would be getting up to to well
1: not Octavia much loafing well. by the sounds
0: of it yeah exactly that's true um now we use the term green belt quite often when talking about london and talking about the edge of london and how it's so important to keep certain bits open and green and have as much nature as possible and she was the first to use this term in 1875 mm. so we've spoke about how she was a landlady But I'm now kind of progressing in the fact that she really believed in having open space for people. Very ahead of her time, although she was kind of around the same time as Ada Sauter, who we've spoke about, who Mm. planted so many trees, beautified the area of Bermondsey and Southwark. So both of these ladies certainly would have rubbed shoulders at some point. Um, So she created campaigns to protect the natural environment in and around London. And this is a time when you've got so much urban development, you know, London is expanding in terms of its population. So more homes are needed, areas where you've got parks and greenland are being wiped out and built upon. And she certainly notices this quite quickly. And she writes lots. I mean, there are newspaper articles and different things, publications. And in 1883, she writes a publication called the homes of the london poor and this was read and adopted in so many places around the world we had um people from philadelphia that came to london to be taught by her really yeah to take back her methods back to philadelphia
1: oh my goodness
0: yeah, um, a lot of people in Holland would read her work and kind of adopt this idea of having space for people. People need places to breathe. Um, she had campaigns which save the likes of Swiss cottage fields from mm-hmm. development. This is where she connects to a man called uh, Robert Hunter, who becomes one of three people to create something huge, which I'll come to in a moment. Um, And they campaigned for existing woodlands. Queenswood, Archbishop Park, West Wickham Common, um, Hampstead Heath. So a lot of quite
1: important spaces that we still have today, actually. (gasps) Definitely. Parliament Hill Fields. Oh, one of the best. Boxall Park. Oh, lovely, which we've spoken
0: about before. Yeah, one just round the corner from me, which I love, Hilly Fields. Oh yeah she saved hilly fills um and then she goes on to looking at properties which are going to be torn down she goes into various uh clergy houses and courthouses and buildings which have had so much happen there so much history look a bit dilapidated it needs a bit of work but my god don't don't tear it down don't tear this history down mm. and this is where herself a man called Hardwick Roundsley, and a man that I've just recently mentioned, Robert Hunter, they come together in 1895 and they create the National Trust.
1: Uh Aha, here we go. Here we go.
0: So initially she wanted to call it the Commons and Gardens Trust, but um, the guys, I think, wanted the National Trust. So the National Trust it is. Yes, (laughs) it is a bit snappier, isn't it? Yeah. And basically they wanted quiet, beauty and space. Lovely. In 1907, Parliament passed the first National Trust Act, and this basically um, defined the National Trust and gave it purpose, unique powers to protect property forever for the benefit of the nation. and I did mention that she was quite controversial with her views. I mean, I have to say, when she kind of came to the end of her life, she was certainly saying things which were a little bit outdated, and her popularity oh. did did get bruised a little bit. I mean, she she didn't believe, remember, in charity, so mm. she didn't believe in in uh, giving out free school meals, council mm-hmm. housing, uh, universal kind of old age pension. So a, a lot of things, of course, which people have fought for
2: yeah.
0: and, of course, gained and are still very much there today. Um, so there are, there are a few things, uh, you know, I mean, she she worked so hard. I mean, every day she must have been working on something. So I guess at some point her views, uh, you know, are not always going to be liked. Um, she died on the 13th of August 1912 in Marylebone at the age of 73. There is uh, a grave for her at Holy Trinity Churchyard in Kent in Crockham Hill. Okay. And and there is also a memorial to her in Westminster Abbey. Mm hmm. Yeah. Have you seen this?
1: I have. Um, And I'm trying to think where it is now. Um, It's in the nave, isn't it? Correct. Yes, it is in the nave. And it's. I,
0: I suspected that it was going to be there, you know, place there ages ago, but it's quite recent, really
1: 2012. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Yeah. From chairman of the national trust. And in the Abbey archives, there is a sonnet on Octavia and it was written by Canon Roundsley in 1912, who was a gentleman who was also part of the, the, the start of the national trust. Yeah. And I'll just read you a little bit of it. It is very long, but I'm not going to read the whole entire thing. Um, So he says, before her faith, all mountains seemed to move. All gulfs were filled, all paths made straight to prove God still was of this world, the oversoul. And nevermore in London's pitiless street, in London's heartless alley, shall we see her flashing eye, her sympathetic face. But though the generous heart has ceased to beat, her spirit more effectual and free, calls us to fill the unwearied worker's place. I think it's quite nice. That's really nice. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, So the trust, as we know, um, or maybe you don't, some people out there, is still very much going. In 2020, they celebrated 125 years. Mm. Um, The president, of course, is none other than King Charles III. Mm -hmm. Um, And they care for over 250,000 hectares of farmland, Seven hundred eighty miles of coastline, five hundred historic properties, gardens, nature reserves, and had the house inside of things known as Octavia Housing, still continues to provide homes for lots of people in and out of London. So her uh, her life and what she did and achieved still very much goes on today,
1: which is really lovely. And I think any anyone who's spent some time in the countryside of the UK, can't miss the National Trust properties. And they're always a very particular type, aren't they? They're always um these, like you say, stately homes, um, often run by very dedicated um volunteers. And yeah, they're they're a real kind of mainstay of the of the country, of the heritage of the country, um, which is really lovely. I mean, what an amazing legacy to have absolutely i mean I- i've spoken about
0: gardens a few times before i'm a huge garden lover and the national trust gardens oh god they just do it so well yeah. i mean especially the cafes <laughs> you know you can what beat- you're going for isn't it <laughs> you cannot be a bit of carrot
1: cake from a national trust cafe <laughs> you'll be in a queue for a while but it's worth it it's worth it <laughs> <laughs> well if it's carrot cake that floats your boat then you know (laughs) you could do much worse than a national trust property absolutely Um, are you a member of the national trust do you do you have their membership no oh that's remiss of you (laughs) i know it is isn't it yeah it's one of the things you know live in london though i suppose you know there aren't i don't know how many properties there are in london related to the national trust not many i would assume
0: um i don't know there's probably quite a few i went to one the other day actually i went to a light show so i didn't actually go in um oh god what was it called oh it was a palace
1: elton palace yes elton palace yeah, it's just not yeah. central. it's i mean it's a bit londonish but i guess yeah. if you're if you're a londoner um or, you know you live spend most of your time in the city then i guess it's it's quite easy to to forego that but yeah i'm surprised yeah. with you i I'd I'd thought you'd have had a and I thought you'd be card carrying. I know,
0: and- I know. And it's always that kind of thing where I think, do you know what, that would be a brilliant gift. Yeah. And I kind of, I think I have dropped a couple of hints to to Nick. A couple Not, of well enough, <laughs> Not well enough, clearly. Come on, Nick. But then you think, oh, you know, because I do go to them for work.
1: Yeah.
0: But do you go for pleasure that often?
1: Well, I think you, know. you will with your kids, won't you?
0: Yeah, true. You know, when they grow up a bit. Thing one and thing two. Yeah, haunted thing baby and, and babies, uh, Haunted baby and haunted, haunted
1: baby's uh, Yeah, devil sibling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there we go. So a little bit Amazing. on Octavia Hill. Thank you very much. I have to say, I love these um, philanthropic women um, of the Victorian era. I just, I think they're, they're so great. And again, you know, you said she's quite controversial. And again, that thing of just being a woman doing... The non standard things of getting married and having kids and sitting quietly in a corner is quite controversial in itself. So, I mean, if, if you've already started rocking the boat, why not keep going? But... Exactly. Yeah. Keep those waves going. Absolutely. Mm. Thank you, Emily. What a lovely oh. way to start the year off.
0: Yeah. No worries at all. It'll be a little while
1: before the National Trust Gardens spring into their own, give it another couple yeah. of months. Yeah. Um, but then they will be very much up and running. Mm. Yes, I need, to, I need to visit some more this year I think I visited a precious few hmm.
0: So there we go well,
1: and... Given that you're leaving in a couple of weeks I don't think we're going to reinstate podcast pedestal are we because I'm not sure that's going to be something I'm going to be able to keep going on my own so we won't worry about that um, although <laughs> would you like Would you like to tell me what your kind of favourite bit of your story Ooh, is Oh yes I guess we can have a bit of discussion about yeah. it can't we yeah.
0: um, I think even though I can't say the name of the society, <laughs> I would say that one because okay. it just sounded like such a, a creative kind of yeah. clubhouse
1: of fun, really. Yeah, I do love that, that kind of creativity. And I'm really enjoying this bringing the, what was it, bringing the beauty to the poor or, or mm. something along those lines. That, I think, is, is such a lovely thing because mm. I think we, you know, when you're looking at lots of philanthropic works like this, they're always, you know, giving the poor what they need and and all that sort of thing. And it's like actually, people need more than just food and lodging. You need, mm-hmm. you know, beauty and art and culture and creativity and all those other things which make make us human. Um, you need more than just sustenance and and a roof over your head. Um, although of course those are the most important things, but real sort of, you know, f- for your soul stuff like this is is just wonderful um absolutely i agree i mean even kind of just
0: getting people in the room and saying look there's some there's some art materials down there some materials that you are more than you know free to kind of take yeah. hold of and do as you will with them and just let people kind of be creative yeah
1: um you and know it is what art sorts which, of... which, which when people are in positions like you know in incarceration of whatever form be it sort of you know, jail or, or hostage or, or whatever—it's mm. often art that people turn to, and that thing of, of being, yeah, beauty and and and, yeah, creativity. So, I think yeah, being able to release, yeah, being able to sort of provide that for people is is really rather lovely. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, I Octavia so. Hill. Thank you, Octavia Hill. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to go and see that garden, um, it's yeah, it's off in bermondsey It's really sweet. You sort of stumble upon it, and it it's there's a variety of other little cute houses and it's in this little courtyard with this gorgeous garden and that lovely mosaic and then there's a plaque on the wall and, and it's one of those places that when you find it, you go, oh, it's a little bit of history here and you just feel like you've kind of gone back in time a bit, which I mm. really like.
0: Agreed, absolutely agreed.
1: The Wheel of Destiny. So, um, Wheel of Destiny time. It's my go next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, give it a spin. Let's see. Okay, off we go. Oh, it's landed in Hyde Park. Is it landed in Hyde Park before? Ooh, um, not for a. I don't know. Actually, if it ever has, to be honest. Um, well, there's so much, so many options in Hyde Park. Um, I think though that uh, this is a really good opportunity to talk about someone that we've mentioned a few times that we've said a couple times oh we need to talk about her because she's really interesting um and i'm going to link it to kensington palace which is in hyde park i'm going to go for queen caroline wife of george ii Mm. now we don't do many royals on this podcast um, because it's not you know we're not a kind of it's not about the royal story um Mm. But there are some people who pop up in the royal story who are very, very interesting, and Queen Caroline is someone I've always been a little bit um, in awe of, and I think her story is fascinating. Um, so should we give her a go? Let's give her a go. This yes. is uh, tell yeah. me
0: all, tell me all. Well,
1: not you know, I'll wait. I'll wait a week. But yeah. uh, this is this is okay, Caroline Anne's back, and this is not. Um, Queen Caroline of Brunswick that's a whole you know I might, I might talk about her when it comes up to the coronation because you know um, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. exciting coronation stuff there to be had but um, yeah let's go Caroline of Ansbach um, who wife of George II and a very very interesting lady in fact Kensington Palace a few years ago did uh, it was this, um, an exhibition called I think it was Enlightened Princesses and okay. she was one of them and it was, it was there was a couple of them in there and um, yeah she's a very interesting lady um So I think we'll talk about her. Fabulous. Oh, looking forward to that. That's next week's one. Fabulous. All right. Well, thanks, Gosh, I've
0: just suddenly had like a thought of... How am I going to handle listening to the podcast? Because obviously, I'll still continue to listen. <laughs> will you? And not be? Of course, I will. Oh my god! Yes, I'm going to be your <laughs> biggest fan. I'm
1: going to be fanning all over the place.
0: <laughs> um. Oh, that's going to be sad. That's going to be sad. Well, you know, you're
1: always welcome back. At oh, thanks, babes. Thank and, you. You know, don't think you'll get away quite so uh, scot-free. You're going to be coming back as a as a guest. Oh, kid. Um, <laughs> at least, at least. Uh, Uh, Occasionally, if not uh, very regularly. Yes, (laughs) with the odd cry of a baby in the background, I'm sure. Um, Exactly, and that's just nick and I. You you won't be going forever. You'll be, uh, you'll be around the place. Yes. Yeah. Nice. All right, my love. Okay. Well, thank you all for coming back this year, gang. Happy 2023. Happy 2023. Bring you all of the lovely things that you want this year, Um, and we will see you next week for a bit of Caroline of Ansbach in our last month as the ladies who London ah. after that it will be something else um, <laughs> yeah, watch this space or all my sweets see you next week bye guys What's take care. care bye, bye.